0: now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Air Back Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult use customers. Or check out Air Watertown located near Watertown Square at 48
1: North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a
0: wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online.
2: Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment, and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of This product product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number, MR283946, MR283886. Watertown Medical License Number, RMD325.
0: Ready for this? This is Felton yeah. Mass. Oh, that's stupid, oh. my God. I told you Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub.
1: just.
2: At Mass Mutual, we believe in doing the right thing, in having each other's backs and driving progress. And we want you on our team. If that sounds like a future you want to build, explore careers.massmutual.com. Together, we move forward. The safety of your loved ones has never been more important. That's why Safety Insurance offers the Drive with Safety app, which gives you the ability to monitor driving habits that will help improve the performance of every driver in the family. Plus, save 5% on your auto policy. Ask an independent agent about Safety Insurance. We'll help you manage life's storms.
0: Ready for this? This is Felden oh, Mass. That's stupid, my oh, God. My God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub.
1: Matt, just uh, your interpretation of what led to your, the uh, unsportsmanlike penalty on you at the end?
3: Yeah, I think um, obviously there's a little bit of a pile there, and then the ball squirted out actually into another pile. So I went over there and tried to grab the ball to you know save the game. So at the end of the day, you gotta take your chance and try and get the ball. You gotta compete for the ball because it's a live ball until somebody holds it up in the air. So um, you gotta go get it and that's what I tried to do. And um, yeah. All
4: right, back here eight five, the sports up. It's Felger and Maz, Tim McCone, Jimmy Stuart, Greg Bedard in for the guys. Jimmy, we'll start with your overall takeaway from Mac Jones and uh, that Bengals performance from him.
1: Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I had him for 10 bad plays. Greg had him for, I think, five bad plays. Five, including two penalties. In, including two penalties. And uh, Greg had him as one of his up. But it leads me to all this whole season with Mac Jones. He's not the guy. He's not the guy, Mike. He's not the guy, Tim. He's He seems to me like he hasn't adjusted. He He's gotten bad coaching. So that's part of it. But he hasn't become the leader and the manager of the offense that he should, I think. And so now I think the Patriots have to go back and find who the guy is. He just he's not living up to what I think a first round pick, a top tier, top half of the NFL first round pick is. And I know it's year two, but we gotta make decisions here. And so I would say right now on Mac Jones, I'm a no, he's not the guy going forward.
5: Greg. I think he just was—he um, was completely let down by the coaching situation this year, and you have to toss it out the window. They, I've learned nothing more or less about Mac Jones from this year, uh, like I said even before the season. Um, this is—and God forbid—they bring in another guy with another offensive system in year three. You're now the Jets. You're congratulations. You're 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 now. Uh, you're now writing the forward for the manual on how to ruin your franchise quarterback. And nice the Jets
1: just demoted Zach Wilson, and there's reporting that he's not going to be back next year.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's – it's uh, and at least he, he had the same system. Now, I don't know if Michael LaFleur is any type of coach, but it, it has certainly looked different with Mike White. And, and Zach Wilson has some issues. I mean, his rookie year, um, he actually had the yips yeah, at one point. crazy. I mean, so there's obviously some mental stuff Big going time. on that they didn't do enough – uh, work on because you know physically if just what you see physically what you saw at BYU and in the workouts and what have you he has all the tools I mean he, he weren't they calling him Mahomes at one yeah, point Yeah, the Mormon Mahomes yeah. I mean he's he has those type of skills he really does but obviously there's something going on between the ears and but you know there's nothing I don't think a, a good coach can't fit fix and you know that's that's part of the issue in the NFL. I mean, there are certain guys I understand, you know, guys like, you know, Jimmy or Tony or Mike, you know, you just want to look at a guy and be like, I could see it. You know, Mahomes, who first of all, sat his whole rookie year. Um, You know, Justin Herbert, you know, there are certain guys, you know, Trevor Lawrence, after his rookie year, he's taken off. He's, yeah. And he had terrible coaching his first year. If you don't want to write off Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence is the guy to look at. Be like, look what, a difference, look what a difference coaching makes. Because a year ago, you would have said, he's a bust, he's awful, he has no chance. Well, guess what? You now know that he got no coaching as a rookie. I could see that on film watching him before he came up here and in that game. And then suddenly now he has a real offensive coach and a real system just in year one, and look at the dramatic improvement he made. Mac Jones was on... Say what you want about his end of the season, okay? Because first of all, I don't believe any of this QB wins crap. You know that was a the Patriots have been a bad end of the season football team for a long time since 2019. Yeah, and you know it 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 all runs together. And did he play great? No. Did he get probably get figured out a little bit more by the end of the season? Yeah, that happens. That's why you know the NFL is so tough, especially it's brutally honest at the end of the year, because now there's all this film. They know what you want to do. And he, at that point in time, he was limited on what he could do. And so, but he was on, he was on a good path. That was a good opening statement for him and the offense. And you figured they would take another step this year together. And then we all know what happened. And and that's the reason I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making any judgment on him after this year. I need it, in an ideal world. Billy O'Brien comes back. They go back to what he knew and everybody else knew. And David Andrews can make checks to the line and the protection can be better and they can get into the right runs and this and that and just get back to what they were doing because it was working for Mac. It was working for the offense and, and it was getting better.
1: I just think, though, that Trevor Lawrence, he had more talent than Mac has. No question. Right? No question that's about that. That's why it. he was the first to But what, what has happened here is the Patriots have taken away Mac Jones' best asset and that's his mind. Mm-hmm. And 100%. I don't know that I have my questions as to whether Mac Jones can get his mind back with everything that we've seen this season, this, the steps back that he's taken, that he can overcome having his mind poisoned with this bad coaching because he doesn't have the talent to overcome it.
4: All right, to kind of build off of that a little bit, you go back to the 2021 draft class, and Mac Jones, like you mentioned, you weren't drafting him in the first round because of the arm talent or because of the legs or anything like that. It he's going to walk
1: of- in day one. He's NFL ready. That's what... Greg, you said the film showed you he was NFL-ready. Chris Sims, if you want to believe him, he said he was NFL-ready. And he came in here, and now his mind is gone.
4: Right, so it's the shoulders up. So I guess my question even more I don't more know than, that the shoulders than, up.
1: I still think he underthrew Taequann Thornton.
4: <laughs> no, so it's from the shoulders up in this terms of just his wrong, mind. Okay. I guess my question <laughs> is, what about him and, you know, facing adversity and not necessarily Terrible being able year. to overcome that? Are there any concerns there? I'm throwing all the, the actual on the field production, but the way that he handles himself sometimes with the coaching staff and freaking out down in the goal line with the Raiders or the cheap shots out of frustration after a poor play. Is there any of that that kind of makes you go, hmm, well, what do we actually have here?
5: A little bit. And, um, you know, look, even on the post-game show after the Raiders game, you know, I I said on there, I said the, Bill Belichick would have been justified in benching him at halftime for, for the way he was acting, the way that he was playing, because he costs – the team on that goal line. Yeah. And I still believe that. I believe um, the term you used was he was insubordinate. He was. He was. I thought he was he was out of control. He was playing terrible. He was borderline insubordinate. And that is no way to be a leader on this team, especially a captain. And he costs once he costs the team points in that situation. That's when it changes. That's when all right, now you're hurting the team. Yep. And I if I were Bill, I would have went over to him and been like we already. Hopefully, they talked about it. You know, some of his acting out before. Look, we talked about this. Now you cost us points. Why don't you sit down and take a timeout for a while? I'm gonna. am Bailey's going in, and you you figure out how you want to act. Bill decided not to do that. Okay. It looked to me like there was some sort of conversation this week because I thought Matt cons- uh, largely uh, conducted himself very well. He was very composed even though things were not going well around him, you know, we still got a little bit of acting. I mean, he is who he is. I want him to, you know, be who he is, just like Dan Marino was who he was. You know, and I love Dan. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like his acting out. I didn't mind because I knew the team was crap. And, you know, so I think that Mac, uh, he is, he's done, for the most part, he's done okay. He can do a lot better in that realm. But I don't have a long... Long-term worry about it. I think if if he was just in a professional environment and knew the offense and the guys were going to do what they were told around them, like he would be fine. But it's it's not, and he's just he's fed up. Yeah. Look, listen to my rant. I mean, I'm I'm fed up, and I'm just watching it on my computer all year. Well, you know, Gasper brought
4: this up on Friday, and he mentioned you know Mac Jones comes from a high school that it was just a powerhouse to Alabama to Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. His first year. And then to go to this dysfunction, you can see where the level of frustration comes from when you've been coached the way that he has leading up to this season. It's pretty obvious, even if he's in his second year, to say, like, this is not the caliber or the standard uh, that this coaching staff And it's the first
1: time he's seen real adversity in his quarterbacking career. Fair
4: point. Uh, let's sneak in Nick in Plymouth, who's been hanging on for a long what time. I don't
1: know what to do! It's the final play to Hail Mary! <laughs> what do I do?
0: Nick, what's up? Hey, guys. I just want to ask you, like, who do you think... Has the mistrust in Mac last year, you had the Buffalo game. He hardly threw this year. Uh, Belichick is saying he can't throw hail marys. He can't throw that far as that Patricia in his mind, uh, even the born thing. And then jumping into constantly running the ball, even with Stevenson at the very end of the game, not even giving him the chance to either run it in himself or even, you know, pass it short. Like, I feel like there's some mistrust that they don't believe in Mac. Do you think that's more of Belichick or Patricia kind of whispering in his ears?
5: I don't see that on film. I mean, look, the Buffalo game was the Buffalo game. I mean, Bill knew, you know, they had to play that game a certain way. And they also had the advantage with their offensive line and their rushing attack that if the Bills didn't go heavy and they didn't really, they were a little bit light on the defensive line at that point, And Bill just decided to pummel them with the run and it ended up winning and they won. So why would you throw? I mean, that's not an indictment on Mac. I mean, trust me, I was there that game and you know, unless you're Josh Allen and you're six foot six and two hundred and sixty pounds with, you know, huge hands and a huge arm, he's probably him and Favre were like the only guys on earth that could throw in those conditions. And so that wasn't mistrust of Mac. The Hail Mary thing I think was I thought it was just covering for Matt Patricia on a dumb play call that they should have run the Hail Mary and they didn't. And I I don't really see it. It's not there on film that they don't trust him. It's, if, there, if there's anything on film that has to do with this, the passing attack this year and the conservative nature of it, it's because they don't trust the offensive line at all to pass block.
1: So that was going to be my follow-up is the Hail Mary from not this weekend, but the previous game. Was that a Bill didn't think they could make the throw because Mac can't make it to the end zone? Or were were the Patriots worried that they couldn't block the Hail Mary?
5: I think it was a little bit of both, okay. and I think it also. I think you know, and Bill even talked about it, and I do think it. Like for example, this weekend, you know, they right before halftime, they run a play, call a timeout, call call a timeout, just weird to kneel down, yeah, didn't make and, any sense. But I think I think it's really in burned in Bill's mind about how Mac got hurt against the Ravens, and I, I think that also tells you something about how he feels about Zappy, and with you know the playoffs in the balance that he's not just throwing Mac Jones to the Wolves when he could at the end of games, end of halves. Like, I think he's really worried about it because I think he he thinks that, you know, he's Zappi's a lot like Heineke, who's gotten exposed. You know, good for a couple games here and there, spot start, you know, take over, finish a game, you know, unflappable kid, really good. But, y- you know, you're not making a playoff push with him.
4: All right, the telephone number. 10 questions next. Tom. Um.
3: Felger and Mass continues on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question.
6: You have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go?
2: Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why,
6: why, 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 why?
3: This is Ten Questions with Greg Pedard and Thelgar
6: and Mass on 985 The Sports Hub.
4: All right, back here, Felger and Maz. It's Tim McCone, Jimmy Stewart, Greg Bedard. Time now for 10 questions. And 10 questions is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Do what 17,000 others have done and call the solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss, or visit Awaken180WeightLoss.com. We have uh, best of buzzer options uh, this week. Uh, Let's hear it, Kev.
3: Matty's done a great job. He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge. No,
4: he's not. It's like a, a hostage video right there. There we go. What else we got, Kev? Uh, now that the settlement has uh, been um, uh, settled on. Uh, so it will... Not wrong, by the way. It was settled on. There you go. Next up, Kev.
1: <laughs> Tua Tungabailoa,
6: Mac Jones. <laughs> Who do you got? Tua.
4: Next up. Oh.
6: Would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach?
4: No! Would you <laughs> no. take your
6: stupid pills this morning?
4: <laughs> well said. Well said. Is that it? One more. No Mac Jones,
5: no problem.
4: <laughs> With Mac Jones, many problems. There you Is go. that Vilma? Last one. Here. Last one. All right.
5: He's a classic two for oneer.
4: <laughs> All right. Here we go. Question number 10. He's a classic two for oneer. Who will be in charge of the Patriots offense in 2023?
5: Greg, we'll start with you. Uh, I am praying every night (laughs) that it will be one William O'Brien. And by the way, Mike McDaniel, not wrong. Barry Jackson, who he was referencing there, a total 2 for oneer. He was at the Miami Herald when I was back at the Palm Beach Post, so very accurate in his assessment early on as a head coach there. Jimmy? The answer is Joe Judge. He'll be the (sighs) offensive play caller next
1: year. But who I want? I want Kirby Smart from Georgia to be the play caller or that coach.
5: We can all dream.
3: <laughs> Maddie's done a great he's job. A he's player. one of the most brilliant that's people that's I've fantastic. ever been around in terms of football knowledge.
5: Uh, who will be the quarterback
4: of the Patriots in 2023? Greg? McCorkle Jones. Hell yeah.
3: Hell yeah. All right.
1: It's Mac Jones. It's sad that it's Mac Jones. I want them to draft the a guy, though. Yeah. I want them to draft the guy who well, blew out his knee at Tennessee.
5: Yes, I, I would be open to that. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, like, Zappy's showing you what he did. Now, now you know you got the backup quarterback settled. No more Brian Hoyer. Now I'm looking for a tradey guy who maybe slips down because of injury. Hendon
1: Hooker. Yeah, Hendon Hooker. That's the guy um, I want.
5: You know, Maybe the kid from uh, Florida. Um, one of those kids that you could just bring in. They don't need to play for two or three years. You see what you have. You can't go poor mining the quarterback market.
4: Next up, Kev. Uh, now that the settlement is, uh been um, uh, settled on. Yeah, uh, it, 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 well, smooth, smooth. All right. Uh, question number uh, seven. Redraft the 2021 first-round quarterbacks. That was, of course, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Skip the one. You skipped the question. Oh, yeah, that was question eight. Sorry. Sorry, that was question eight.
5: Uh, so we're on the... The redraft,
4: the redraft question, okay. yeah.
5: Uh, so I am doing the redraft for a generic team. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm doing it for the Patriots because I'm going uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson. Now, if I was running, you know, a newfangled offense like Shanahan or something like that, then I would probably boost Fields in front of Mac. But I, if I want a pocket passer, I'm going Mac. Jimmy? I'm doing the J Stu big board of quarterback redrafting. Uh, Lawrence
1: Fields, Lance Jones, Wilson. Yeah.
5: You guys both out on, uh, you think it's over for Wilson? Yes. Most likely, but I am definitely taking a chance on him. He, like he, if I'm Josh McDaniels or something, just like take a if flyer I can get him on the cheap and just bring him in and coach him up for a couple years. That's what I'm
1: doing. I just feel like if he's lost the room in New York, like you lose the room, that's a little hard to come back from.
4: You know, I was on with, uh, Burt Breer was on uh, Zolak and Bertrand a few weeks ago. And he did bring up, you know, back at BYU, not being named the captain, not mm-hmm. a big deal. Like I guess you know when you first when you look at the skill set, but now and the way that everything's gone with New York, you look back at that and you go, you, you kind of start to connect those dots. No one bit. showed
5: up at his 21st birthday it's like party. The, it's like draft day, day in the, the movie Draft <laughs> Day, like but in, but in real life. All right, question seven:
1: Tua Tungavaioloa, Mac Jones. Who do you got? Tua.
5: Ugh. <laughs> Is Tua the guy for the Dolphins? He's the guy for now. I'd be looking for better, but in the interim, and this is, I didn't understand their game plan. They don't run the ball enough. Like, that's the whole reason why Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, all the, they're known for their, their running system. And the Dolphins are like last in the league in rushing attempts. And this is a team that was like eight and three at one point. Like, they, Tua can't be relied on if he's going to throw most of the downs. No, no way. He can't do that. That's not the type of player he is. He's not
1: the guy for the Dolphins, but he's a guy for the Dolphins. I would continue to look for an upgrade over to a. All right, question six. <laughs> would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach?
2: No. no.
6: <laughs> would you no. take your stupid pills this morning?
4: <laughs> yes. Nathaniel Hackett available for the Pats. Maybe they kicked the tires there. Uh, with Nathaniel Hackett not making it through his first season, who's
5: the worst NFL head coach you've ever seen? Probably a little recency bias, but Jim Tons- Tom Sula with the 49 yeah. that just That's a good like one. A disaster coming.
1: Uh, I had two. I had Urban Meyer when he was with the Jaguars and I had Rod Rust of the 1990 New England Patriots. <laughs> Can I throw uh, Bobby Petrino in there, by the way, too? Yeah, just for the way one. that it ended?
4: Where, yeah. what did he, leave? he left a note, right? In the locker saying, like, I'm no longer t- your <laughs> coach and then just took Well, up. Bill
1: did that on a napkin. <laughs> I resigned just, as the fair. HC of the NYJ. All
4: right, question five. No. <laughs> no Mac Jones. No problem. I rank the job openings Panthers Colts Broncos
5: Panthers because it's more of a blank slate and uh, Tepper will pay I'm going Broncos next it's got a really good defense there's draft picks Uh, and then the Colts no is last for me because it seems like they're going to back the GM there Uh, Ballard Ballard. So you're going to have to answer to him and he's he gets the final say on everything and that's part of the reason why McDaniel's backed out at the last second. Panthers, Broncos, Colts in that order. I think Car-
1: Carolina is the blank slate that we all love and want as team builders. That's the job. That's the that's the best opening on the market.
4: He's a classic two for oneer. <laughs> all right, going off of the Hackett news, Ru- Russell Wilson also a big reason why uh, everything's falling apart in Denver. Trade Absolute disaster. They thought they were going to be kind of the next in line with those, you know, the plug-and-play franchises with the Bucks bringing in Brady, the Rams bringing in Stafford. It certainly has not worked out that way. So, what's your
5: favorite NFL trade of all time? Mohammed Sanu for a second round. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. um, That was Tom the GM. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Herschel Walker is obvious, but I'm going to go with another one just because I was in the middle of it. Uh, far through the jets. I mean, the whole thing that I forgot that was a trade. Of, yeah. yeah, it was. And then he retired and that's how he got to the Vikings. It, it was, uh, that was just unbelievable. The whole experience ESPN, like seemed to be bringing in somebody else who was leaving in Favre's truck the whole time. And uh, I was at his first game, uh, you know, with the jets. It was just, it was a, it was an amazing time.
1: It's the Herschel Walker. Tra- it's the Herschel Walker trade. They got three super bowls, Emmett Smith, Russell, Maryland, Clayton Holmes, Kevin Smith, Darren Woodson. But if you want a second one, Corey Dillon for a second round pick to the Patriots. Corey Dillon was a beast that season. That's my trade too. When when the Patriots won the Super Bowl
4: No Mohammed Sanu? No, no, no. no. Oh. And Them uh, and Albert Hainsworth just missed. The both of those just missed. All right, next up. <laughs> uh now that the settlement is uh been um uh settled <laughs> on, uh, it will be... All right, sticking with the Broncos. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the sideline blow up that they had uh over the weekend. What's your favorite sideline or post-game freakout in NFL history? I'll allow post-game press conferences. Thank you.
5: Okay. Uh, For me, it is no contest. It is Buddy Ryan punching as defensive coordinator of the Houston Oilers, punching the offensive coordinator, Kevin Gilbride. Wait, I've never heard this story. So What? what happened? You've never... Hey... Check it out on Twitter. I will. Um, There's actually (laughs) NFL Films did a little thing that you can find. So this was 1993, and I wanted the Oilers ended up going 12 and four that year, and so they were playing the Jets, and I think they were up uh, 12 nothing at some point or 14 nothing, and right before halftime, Kevin Gilbride decided to go for more points, and the quarterback fumbled, the Jets recovered, they scored a touchdown, and Gilbride went over and punched him. I mean, uh, Buddy Ryan punched him in the face. On the side. It was a nationally televised game. Love that. You got to look it up. Love that. Herm <laughs> Edwards,
1: you play to win the game.
4: That's a good one. That's a good one. I like the this The green. greatest thing
2: about sports
0: is you play to win the game. Hello? 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 You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. Play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out.
4: I like Denny Green too. They are who we thought they were.
3: Uh, all right, two left. Uh, question. Uh, next question, uh, Kev. Maddie's done a great job. He's oh, he one it. of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge. Doubt it.
4: All right, who's going to be the final AFC playoff team with the Chargers clinching uh, last night?
5: I'm going with the Jets, just because the Mike Mike White factor. They have a better defense. They have a running game. That's that's a. I just think they're better than the Dolphins at this point.
1: It's going to be the Patriots. It's going to be the Patriots. They're going to fall into two wins the rest of the year. They're going to be in the playoffs.
4: Love the excitement coming from you. get so.
1: smoked. There you go. And it's not going to change anything. And Patricia is going to be the play caller again next year. <laughs> All right. Final question. Would Joe Judge get any interviews for a quarterback coach?
6: No. no! <laughs> Would you take your stupid pills this morning?
1: <laughs> Always.
4: All right. So I'm assuming you guys already did biggest tool bag and favorite Dolphins player earlier this year. So uh, we're going to close out with this one. Who was the least inspiring quarterback for the Dolphins during the Patriots' run of dominance?
5: So I left the beat there right as Cam Cameron was coming in. So I, I didn't really see Cleo Lemon, John Back, like all that stuff up close. So I'm Not just more. going with somebody that I uh, that I covered. Um, A.J. Feely, who, you know, Mind you, so this is the post-Marino era. They have Jay Fiedler, and I remember being there. Rick Spielman's there. George Payton, who is now the Broncos GM, was there. And they Spielman met with us, and he talked about they did an exhaustive search, the scientific study, and they decided that A.J. Feely, the Eagles' backup, was the guy to lead them. So he sent them a second-round pick, and he was just a disaster. His teammates <laughs> didn't believe in him at all. He was more famous for being married to a – women's national team soccer player. Um, I remember one time he he hurt his butt in one of the games. Like, it was just an epic disaster.
1: (laughs) Uh, Being as I'm trying to be Maz today, it's Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Maz hates Jay Cutler. And once I saw Jay Cutler on the Dolphins quarterback list, Jay Cutler's the answer. Well,
4: so no, it wasn't just that it was Jay Cutler, but it was a retired Jay Cutler that was set to go in the booth, and then they coaxed him out of retirement and gave him – $10 $10 million up front, and that thing was over before it started with Cutler that year. Yep, he was Jay checked Cutler. out from the jump. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Alright, that does it for 10 questions. More Thank of your God. phone calls after this.
1: Do a Tunga Bailoa Mac Jones. Who do you got? Two.
4: Every day they work their hardest to give you the best show they can. I think
1: that's rare.
4: It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. <laughs> All right, back here, 98.5, the Sports Hub. Tim McCone, Jimmy Stewart, Greg Bedard here with you, 617-779-0985. The telephone number, you guys have been hanging on for a while, so let's get right to your phone calls, and let's start with uh,
0: Jesse in New Bedford. Jesse. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, you? I'm doing good. Uh, Hold on, let me get Okay, can you hand me? What's up? We
6: got you, Jesse. Hey, what's up, Bedard? What's up? Hey, what's John. up, man? Dude, y'all one of the few guys that looks at down, looks at it down the middle. When Mac doesn't play good, you say it. When he plays good, you say it. And let me, let, let me just, I'll put it like this. Dan Olowski said a couple weeks ago in his interview, if I was Mac Jones, I would demand a trade. So that's just to tell you right then and there that if he didn't ask for a trade, then he did everything he possibly could this year with the, with the crap that he's been given. And everybody goes, well, I don't know if he's going to do good. Like, uh, You know, like a few other people. But Trevor Lawrence was dealing with crap last year. What did everybody say? It's a situation. It's a situation. But I don't hear that too much from Matt Jones. And we have the proof right there. Last year, he had one of the best rookie seasons you you had besides what? Dak Prescott, maybe? So all I'm saying is give him an O-line, give him a true number one receiver, and give him an OC where when the receivers run, they don't play three stooges out there. And we'll see what Matt can do. A little part of me almost wishes he gets traded to, say, like Vegas Raiders, because then everybody be saying, wow, I wish I had Matt Jones. Look what he's doing. In a weird way, my greedy side really wants that kind of to happen. But I really love Pats and I want him to do good with us. So I just want to hear what you guys say. I think Matt Jones is the future. He just needs a coach.
4: Now, look, a coach that could incorporate the forward pass into the game would certainly be uh, would certainly be a nice step forward. But I will say this: when you talk about like the Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones comps, I do think that's a little misleading from the simple fact that like Trevor Lawrence was considered to be like the next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, like can't miss stud prospect, all these physical tools. Where Mac Jones
1: isn't that guy.
4: Is yeah. that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I so don't Jake- think
1: I don't think anybody would say that. So to the coaching thing, Alex Barth, who was filling in for Zolak and Bertrand today, Mm -hmm. um, he mentioned that Mac had a dedicated quarterback coach. Is that possible that the Patriots could bring in somebody who is just dedicated to Mac Jones?
5: You mean like he has his own personal private coach? Are you talking about bringing that person in? Yes.
1: Is there somebody out there who could
5: do that? Uh no, so you're talking about two different things. I th- I I'm taking it as like say say Tom House is his quarterback's coach, like his personal throwing coach. You're talking you're not talking about adding Tom House to the staff as a quarterback coach.
1: I'm talking about so Joe Judge isn't doing six different things.
5: Yes, they need you need to someone to coach the quarterback. You know, you, you there are uh who was it Bill Walsh said um there are very there are very few people who can identify good quarterbacks, there are even fewer that can teach good quarterbacking. And so it is, a, an, it is an acquired thing. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Weiss could do it with, you know, Ray Uh Then Tom sort of went his, his own way after that. I think that Josh McDaniels is a, is a very good quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, but it, other than that here, they haven't had too many of those guys. They definitely need one. That was part of the that was part of the screw up. And also, you know, uh, the caller was talking about the offensive line. I think that's one of the most underplayed things because there's so many things wrong yeah. on this team. Right. But just what they did to the offensive line, having guys switch positions, like because really when you look at it, Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn, Michael Wenu, David Anders with a rookie first round guard. Should be fine. That should be one of the better groups in the league. And even now, pro football focus still has them in the top 10. It's like the AP 25. Like if you're ranked fifth, like, you you know, before the season, you don't drop very much.
1: Uh, Aren't they good at run blocking, but not pass blocking? They're not good at
5: anything. (laughs) They really aren't. And and I think it started with flip-flopping people. It was more of these, you know, uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge come in with all these ideas that they have really no knowledge about. That they you know think it up and it sounds good in their head and the nerd upstairs who's Ernie Adams Evan yeah Rothstein. Evan Rothstein. I would assume he would be involved in this but you know I, I think just the simple stuff of like flip flopping Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown made them worse you know when it was a good move mm-hmm. you know they they lost David Andrews for a little bit but they took away his superpower which was helping out the quarterback with protection and run checks and things like that. I'm telling you, you watch it on film, there was a there was a corner blitz that I think got the Patriots. And I'm watching and David Andrews is just holding the ball there waiting to hear the snap count. There's no, hey, look out for this guy. Let's 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 slide to protection left or anything. None of that stuff goes on anymore. And it's just been an epic disaster on the offensive line. You can't you can't you know, being a good offense, you need a good foundation. It's like a house. And the offensive line is the foundation. If that's not sound, it all falls apart. Yep. Uh, let's go to uh, as much Jared. as Felger doesn't want to admit it. <laughs>
4: let's go to Jared in Rhode Island. Jared.
0: Oh, hello, gentlemen. How you doing, Jimmy? uh It's Jared! good to hear you on the How other side of the glass. I told you if I got out of work, I'd call. No, thank I you so much, you Greg. You're awesome. Tim McCon, you're doing a great job. Uh, so I wanted to. So I didn't listen to the first hour. Apologize, I was working, but I wanted to talk about Billy O'Brien because last week we heard all the reports that Billy O'Brien is the leading candidate to be the OC, and it felt like. Now, granted, I'm a fan. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it just felt like there was an agenda behind there. Like somebody wanted it out there that hey, we're tr- we're fixing the offense, Billy O'Brien, Billy O'Brien, Billy O'Brien. I can't imagine that's Belichick because he obviously loves Patricia so much he wouldn't want to just throw that into the news without talking to Matt first. So it makes me feel. Like, maybe there's some Kraft talk going on, and Kraft is saying, no, Billy O'Brien's coming in, we're changing the offense, we're getting an offensive coordinator. My question for you guys, and specifically Greg, is is we're all talking about, oh, we're just going to get a new offensive coordinator. Is Belichick going to be okay with bringing in a guy like Billy O'Brien who, if it doesn't go right next year for him, could potentially replace him as the head coach? I just can't imagine that Belichick is going to be so willing to go with the program and say, oh, yeah, Billy O'Brien, come in, because this is the shortest leash I've ever had as my Patriots tenure. And say we start, you know, three and five next year, you know, would Kraft be willing to make a move? And now I, I hired the guy who's going to replace me? I just can't imagine that Belichick's 100% on board with this.
5: So uh, we did have a caller ask a similar question earlier. And, you know, I, I just don't think – this whole thing about bringing a guy who could be my replacement on staff. I I just don't think it, I think it's a total non-factor. I don't think it's a story. I don't think it's part of it because you know, if it doesn't go well for bill next year, do you think because O'Brien's here, the crafts more likely to make a a move? I don't like if, if this year say they end this year with a losing record and last year and next year, they also have a losing record. Yeah. You know, if the crafts decide to make a move, Bill's getting blown out either way. It doesn't matter who's his offensive coordinator, who's here or not. Like the crafts aren't afraid to make a bold choice. I think the crafts, you know, in, in certain ways, like Bill couldn't wait till Tom left that he could try to win without Tom. I think the crafts are, how do I term this? I would say they are, they're eager to not eager, whatever they, they are, they are not afraid to, of life after Belichick and having to restart their franchise the way they want to. Um, You know, and as far as Billy O'Brien, yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's, it's definitely going to happen, but here's one thing that Jared brought up that I did want to bring up. So knowing some of the particulars in this, I could tell you that Bill O'Brien with the Patriots still in their season with Matt Patricia and Joe judge still in their jobs, Bill, Bill O'Brien would not want his name connected to anything with the Patriots, with the offensive coordinator. So he wouldn't want to be a part of these reports. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't have an agent that wants to get his name out there for sure. But say, say bill, Billy has told his agent, shut up about this stuff. I don't want my name linked to anything, you know, because Matt Patricia and Joe judge will think I'm angling for their jobs. He guys don't want that. And, and, you know, Billy's a loyal soldier like that. You know, he worked on the staff with these guys. These guys are friends. He wouldn't want that to be seen that way. So that leads me to believe that he would tell his agent, I don't want it out there. Keep me out of it. It happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But so that leads me to believe, where are they getting this information from? And to me, it's ownership. That ownership is two-pronged. Either it's putting pressure on Belichick to be like, we expect answers, immediate answers after the season about what we're doing because this is not good enough, uh, you know, or it's it's ownership making moves behind the scenes to make sure that O'Brien is an option, an option that they want, that they will put to, to 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 Belichick after the season, and if Bill Blanche is at it, who knows what happens? So Seth
1: Wickersham did a podcast with Bill Simmons and basically said that Kraft is talking to everybody. About mm-hmm. what's going on, whether it's other owners and other sports, things like that. They want the crafts. Want this out there that bills on the hot seat and whatever's in play is in play. So there's a whole bunch of off the record stuff that's being put.
5: And on like the record. we talked about, there is no pushback on any of the None. Belichick check stuff. All right, six one seven seven
4: seven nine zero ninety eight five. We wrap. We wrap things up with Greg Bedard next.
5: Right to your door.
4: Stuck in traffic? You've got Felger and Mass. I want to vomit. It's just hard figuring out which one is worse. I'm not
0: ready to answer that question.
4: Now Now, more Felger
0: and Mass. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Snap to and looking right. Heaves it right side. Intercepted! Intercepted
6: Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And there is your dagger!
4: All right, next up for your New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, Tua in concussion protocol. The team's struggling of late. They've lost four in a row coming into this game. Win. Greg, your initial thoughts on this matchup?
5: I'm interested to see who the quarterback is. Um, You know, I think that the Dolphins... uh, Look, Tua's 4-0 against the Patriots. Say what you want about him. He owns the Patriots, and they can't stop him when the game's on the line. They've had so many chances... To get him off the field, and he hits a slant after slant after slant against the Patriots with the game on the line. Uh, so you know him not being out there, no matter what you think of him, uh, you know is bad for the for the Dolphins. And I think I just saw a tweet from Mike Cadlick saying that the, the the line is swung from the Patriots were underdogs, home underdogs minus two and a half, and now the now they're favored two and a half. So big swing with the quarterback situation, and I and I agree. I mean the dolphins uh, i'll be really interested to see how the patriots offense functions against this dolphins defense because i think josh boyer you know he knows what the patriots do but he he blitzes way too much like he did that against rogers last week and Rodgers killed him with the blitz it made things easier can the patriots take advantage of that if boyer continues to bring pressure which he's going to do or are the patriots going to chicken out like they did against some of the teams like the Cardinals or, you know, whoever thinking, oh, well, there's a, they're going to bring too much pressure. So now we got to throw a quick game all the time. Like, I hope they don't do that. I hope they try to stand in there and say, we believe in you as blockers. We believe we're going to pick this up. We believe in Mac's going to deliver the ball and our receivers are going to get where they want to get. Um, do I you believe that. that Greg, do you believe that Mac Jones is going to be better against the blitz? Uh, No, because I think he has no faith in the overall ops or op. He has no faith in the blocking. He has no faith his receivers are going to be there, and he has no faith that his offensive coordinator is going to call the right play. Jimmy,
1: oh, if Tua is not playing, the Patriots win because, of course, they're going to win because they're going to make the playoffs, and nothing's going to change. All right, we're
4: going to wrap up with this that just came out terrible analysis from from Pro Football Talk. Got posted uh, at three fifty two. Oh, I love minutes ago. Want to get both of your thoughts on this story, uh, again, from uh, Mike Florio. Uh, he writes, Earlier this month, we mused about Sean Payton and Tom Brady finally getting together in 2023, possibly with the Saints, while the possibility of Brady to New Orleans or anywhere remains a complete and total unknown. There's a growing school of thought in league circles that Payton, if he coaches in 2023, will return to the Saints. One source with a finger firmly on the pulse of pro football told PFT that it's currently the worst-kept secret in league circles. You guys buying Sean
1: Payton and Tom Brady to New Orleans?
5: Yes. I'll let Jimmy go, because he's he's, he's been on this for a while.
1: I would totally believe that, because they've been linked together. They got blocked from the Dolphins, and the Dolphins stuff last year was coming out around this time, where Tom Brady and Sean Payton were linked to going to Miami. So I would 100% believe that Sean Payton and Tom Brady would end up in New Orleans. And it also leads me to think that New Orleans isn't giving Sean Payton away. They'd want some type of compensation. Nobody wants to meet their asking.
5: price. I'm rooting for Brady to go to Vegas because I think it's a win-win for both of them. And he'll help out McDaniels. That team is a lot better. They did not get good quarterback play this year. Are they
1: on good terms? Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels? They always have been.
5: All right. That's going to do
4: it uh, for Greg Bedard. Greg, thanks for uh, stopping by. Thanks, guys. It was fun. All right, 617 779 I can breathe, Tim. The oxygen's being let back into the room. There you go. We're going to get Jimmy's thoughts on a bunch of stuff coming up in the next uh, couple hours. Celtic tears. And uh, your thoughts as well. First, though, Hub Headlines.
0: Sub. Now the show you'll be talking about. That
1: was not me having an hawing.
0: In therapy. Socks. socks, stocks, stupid, socks. Felger and Max. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Boston by five on the ball. Lead for Tatum. Tatum up takes the three in the corner. Gets it back from Smart. Oh! In and throws it down hard over Giannis with a right hand slam. Oh, I got your Greek beast right here. Oh. Marcus Smart is a maestro right now.
4: All right, back here, 98.5 The Sports Hub. It is Tim McCone and Jimmy Store taking you up until 6.30. Bonus half hour uh, tonight. Taking you up until Bruins and Senators right here on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, See you guys lined up wanting to talk some Patriots. Uh, We're going to continue that, but first, I do want to mix in some Celtics thoughts. Huge win Christmas Day over the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Nice to see them actually win uh, a big game like that uh, since they've been struggling uh, in the previous uh, few your overall uh, take on where the Celtics are right now, Jimmy. By the way, Jimmy Stewart today, we're going to go Maz's tears. They're going to be Jimmy's tears, and we're also going to do NBA instead of NFL. They're terrible, but we're going to do them anyways. That's yeah. your
1: opinion, Tim, and you're entitled to be wrong. It's All right, okay. so we'll get into that but, and coming
4: up in a little bit, but where are you at with the Celtics the right now? The
1: Celtics are going to win the NBA championship. That's my defining pound-the-table moment. They, The only thing that can get in the Celtics' way are themselves. And you saw that with their 1-5 streak. But what they did on Christmas Day was they went out and they made a statement. They made a statement. They were playing okay going into halftime, but those Jalen Brown missed free throws made me think at halftime, they're going to choke this one away. They're going to lose another nationally televised game. They're going to lose on Christmas, and it's going to ruin my Christmas. But they came out of the shoot on like a 15-7 run to open the half. Tatum coming out of the half in the second half. And Tatum in that third quarter at 20 points and was a MVP Tatum. And that's what you're looking for. So if if we're going to have these Orlando moments, if we're going to have these Pacer moments, then fine, I'll live with them. Just get the number one seed and be MVP Tatum in the playoffs. And we're good. I think we're good. I, th- we. I think the Celtics are good. Hmm. As you can tell, I'm a little too. Were clear. you
4: at that game uh, Christmas Day? Yeah, oh, interesting. I was. Oh, so you got some tickets there? Yeah. All right, seems- so the we thing, start so I'm starting to connect I'm those sorry. dots a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Uh one- but, and and
1: and one other thing by the way, this this Tatum um this Tatum Giannis thing, just in case you're wondering about matchups. Um Tatum versus Giannis. 10 points, 3 of 5 shooting, drew shooting fouls, zero turnovers.
0: Tub now, the show you'll be talking about. That
1: was not me hemming and hawing. In
0: therapy. Socks. socks, stocks, stupid socks. Felker and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Boston by five of the ball. Lead for Tatum. Tatum up, takes the three. In the corner, gets it back from Smart. Oh! oh. In and throws it down hard over Giannis with a right hand slam. Oh, I got your Greek beast right here. Oh. Marcus Smart is a maestro right now. All right, back here at 98.5 The
4: Sports Hub. It is Tim McCone and Jimmy Store taking you up until 6.30, bonus half hour uh, tonight, taking you up until Bruins and Senators right here on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, See you guys lined up wanting to talk some Patriots. Uh, We're going to continue that, but first, I do want to mix in some Celtics thoughts. Huge win Christmas Day over the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Nice to see them actually win uh, a big game like that uh, since they've been struggling uh, in the previous uh, few. Your overall uh, take on where the Celtics are right now, Jimmy. By the way, Jimmy Stewart today, we're going to go Maz's tears. They're going to be Jimmy's tears, and we're also going to do NBA instead of NFL. They're terrible, but we're going to do them anyways. That's yeah. your
1: opinion, Tim, and you're entitled to be wrong. It's All right, okay. so we'll get into that but,
4: and coming up in a little bit, but where are you at with the Celtics the right Celtics now? The
1: Celtics are going to win the NBA championship. That's my defining pound-the-table moment. They, The only thing that can get in the Celtics' way are themselves. And you saw that with their 1-5 streak. But what they did on Christmas Day was they went out and they made a statement. They made a statement. They were playing okay going into halftime, but those Jalen Brown missed free throws made me think at halftime, they're going to choke this one away. They're going to lose another nationally televised game. They're going to lose on Christmas, and it's going to ruin my Christmas. But they came out of the shoot on like a 15-7 run to open the half. Tatum coming out of the half in the second half and Tatum in that third quarter at 20 points and was a MVP Tatum. And that's what you're looking for. So if if we're going to have these Orlando moments, if we're going to have these Pacer moments, then fine, I'll live with them. Just get the number one seed and be MVP Tatum in the playoffs. And we're good. I think we're good. I, th- we. I think the Celtics are good. Hmm. As you can tell them a little too. Were deep. you
4: at that game uh, Christmas Day?
1: Interesting. I was. Oh, so you got some tickets there? Yeah. All right. Easy.
4: So the we thing, start I'm starting to connect I'm those sorry. dots a little I'm bit. Sorry. Yeah, Thank there you. we go. I apologize. Uh, one... But, and,
1: and, and one other thing, by the way, this this Tatum, um, this Tatum Giannis thing, just in case you're wondering about matchups. Um Tatum versus Giannis. Ten points, three of five shooting, Drew shooting fouls, zero turnovers against Giannis, who is this great defensive player. And he's great, but Tatum can do more than Giannis. Tatum for MVP. My MVP. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on Jason Tatum for MVP. Thank you. Look, my biggest
4: takeaway from the Celtics, by the way, is that you should not have pressed the panic button during that that uh, poor stretch leading into that Milwaukee game. When you look at the Celtics and kind of the team that they are right now, you're coming off of a finals run, right? Your biggest question to me to start this year was how are you going to respond to everything that went down with Imei Adoka? How are you going to respond to the fact that you weren't going to have Robert Williams Danilo Gallinari going down with the ACL. Like you faced some real adversity.
1: You have Sammy coming Buckets, into you're good.
4: the start of the season, and you answer that question right away. You were still the, an elite team. You didn't fall off at all from that finals run, and from being one of the best teams in the league. And so, it's an 82 game season. At some point, you're going to hit a rough patch. I think it was elevated by the fact that it, got it was off By well, to me, it was elevated by the fact that. There are very few regular season games when you're a team like the Celtics where you go, wow, this is a big spot. Golden State obviously is one of them, and the fact that you laid an egg against the team that knocked you out of the finals I think was cause for concern for a lot of people. But the reality is like sometimes in the regular season you just don't show up, and it is what it is. They're still an elite team. They showed you that at the start of the year. They showed you that they faced adversity without their uh, head coach. And then to kind of answer the bell against Milwaukee – to me just kind of solidifies the fact that I'm with you. They are one of the few teams in the NBA that is capable of winning the championship. And to do that against really the other team to me uh, that's kind of separated themselves from the Eastern Conference, I don't know why, and I get that they're playing well right now. You're as high on Brooklyn as you are for the postseason, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, But to me, really, Boston is in that next tier where you can go through a poor four or five game stretch in the regular season. At this point, I'm not really going to be concerned. It's not super exciting to talk about, but the reality is, everything about this team is going to be determined in the postseason. You can't really,
1: you can't show me that much at this point. But in Tim, the regular season, they have to, they have to clean up. They have to clean up. They have to win the big games, and they have to secure home court advantage throughout. That is the most important thing, and. For a while, they had their foot on the throttle. They were go. And we need to see that keep going. And they're only going to get better. Rob Williams is going to get more healthy yeah. as we go along. And they're going to add at the deadline. They're going to add at the deadline. I'm I'm confident in saying they're going to add at the deadline. It's going to be one of these 6-8, uh, rebounding wing players. That's oh. that's what I tend to believe is going to happen.
4: They're going to add it to the deadline or we're going to add it to the deadline? We're going to add it to the that's deadline. That's what I thought. Celtics right. are add 617-779-0985. <laughs> Coming up next segment, Jimmy's going to take you through his NBA tier, so more on the Celtics in a bit. But Which I do, you hate. I, I, I think it's... I think it's an all-time terrible tier list, but we'll get Love into it. that
1: uh, right so, now, though. So you're going to talk down to me about the NBA like Bedard talked down to me about football. <laughs> it's a
4: tough stretch for, it's tough stretch for <laughs> you, Jimmy. Sorry. Uh,
1: yeah, we're going to your,
4: clear your uh, uh, Patriots thoughts right now. Derek has been hanging on uh, in the car and wants to talk about uh, Mac Jones. What's up, Derek? What
1: up, Derek?
6: Hey, guys. How you doing? What Love doing your dude? show. I um, just too. wanted to know because I'm trying to get to Mac Jones here and in- could you guys let
5: me know, without saying he was a first-round pick, there's two things. Without saying he was a first-round pick, what's the allure of him? Zappi's thrown five touchdowns with the same team. Matt Jones has thrown, like, eight. I mean, so I'm not catching on to that. Right. And the second thing I want to know is with Bill, um, with the talk of the – and even with Peyton, Peyton uh,
2: the coach there that you were just talking
1: about.
5: Sean Payton. Doesn't this just show – yeah, Sean Payton. Doesn't this just show that the Rooney rule is really just a joke if Bill O'Brien got the job? And Sean Payton got the job. I mean, wouldn't that just sort of show that, you know, they're just interviewing people, like just to have them when the jobs are already taken?
4: Well, Derek, I I mean, to that point, I would think that the text message there from Bill Belichick uh, with the Giants uh, last year kind of showed you uh, where we're at in terms of the Rooney rule, no question. Um, To reset your thoughts on Mac, you don't think he's the guy moving forward, huh?
1: No, not at all. I wasn't sure if you were talking to me or the caller. I'm sorry. My no, no, you're good. Um, no, Mac Jones is not the guy going forward. I think the Patriots have taken away his brain, which was his biggest asset. And I don't necessarily think he had first-round arm talent. So if if the quarterback, if the franchise quarterback who's going to lead you to a championship, and that's what we talk about when we talk about these Boston and New England sports teams, is we talk about championships. Mac Jones isn't that guy. And by the way, there's only probably five guys in the NFL who could lead you. Joe Burrow, we just saw is one of those elite quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. He can put you on his arm and lead you to a championship. Mac Jones can't do that. And we're seeing how Mac Jones handles adversity, and it's not good. It's he, Mac Jones has not done well when faced with adversity.
4: So that's kind of where I'm at too because you again, you go back to it, you guys in 10 questions redrafted the 2021 draft class and you look at all those other quarterbacks and Jimmy, all those other quarterbacks had physical traits that were first-round physical tools that they were bringing to the table, right? Mac Jones did not have a first-round caliber arm. He did not have first-round caliber legs. What he had was an ability to process the game, see the game. And again, you were drafting from the shoulders up, right? The he- His head. What he was bringing to the table in terms of, again how he dissected the game. And it's kind of Brady-ish, right? Like Brady, not the best physical tools in the world. But again, he can just slice you up because of the way that he sees the game. Got it. Well, when you've got a kid that you drafted for what he brings to the table mentally and you're seeing him melt down the way that he did in those four plays at the goal line against the Raiders, the way that he's melting down when the play isn't getting in on time. Again, it's opportunities to see what this kid's like in... Uh, when he when adversity hits, and yes, this is not the adversity that a lot of quarterbacks face. A lot of times, the adversity is oh, I don't know, the opponent, a defensive coordinator, you know, the other defense that you're going up against. You know, the adversity now is the fact that you've been saddled with a coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball that doesn't know what they're doing. But the bottom line is, you're still seeing him in uh, a situation that's less than ideal, and he's not rising to the challenge. Far from it. Right, He's kind of melting down, and whether that's, again, turnovers where then he freaks out and there's a cheap shot at the end of the game, or again, freaking out at coaches, that's not the way you want your franchise quarterback to respond to adversity, and it's especially not the way you want your franchise quarterback to respond to adversity when you drafted him specifically for the way that he's supposed to handle situations and the game. Far from it, right? So if you don't have a first-round arm talent, if you don't have first-round ability to scramble, and if you don't have like a first-round mental uh, acuity for this game, then I don't know how you could possibly be a franchise quarterback. And so, again, yes, he has been saddled with a poor offensive uh, coaching staff. No question about it. And you can't, I don't think, necessarily take away the production on the field from this year and say that's why he's not the guy. But, man, the way that he's responded at times – that absolutely is something that you can take away from this year and say, I don't like that. And that's not what I want to see out of my franchise quarterback. And that absolutely should go into the evaluation of whether or not he's the guy for the pass.
1: The quarterback is supposed to be a management position. And he has been a poor manager of seemingly everything. And we go back to what we opened the show with at two o'clock, which was the final Hail Mary, which was a. Del- and before that, on fourth and 10, there was a delay of game. And Kevin Maggiore, who's me today, yep. as I'm trying to be Maz as best I can. He pointed out on the TV copy that Mac Jones is yelling at the sidelines. I don't know what to do. That's unacceptable on a last play. Hail Mary. Like, what do you think? He was going to hand it off and it was going to be a draw play again. Yeah. And then we'd go through that again. There you go. I don't know what to do. If that isn't, if that doesn't sum up what Mac Jones feels right now, I don't know what does. And the coaches and all of it.
4: Look, it's a mess. You had a franchise quarterback for 20 years and Tom Brady that also would fly off the handle at times on the sideline, but I don't think it ever affected his play, right? And and that's the difference. No, there would be times where
1: Brady would yell and scream at people, yes, but on the field, like, you know, the Bruce Arians thing, right? During their Super Bowl season, Tom Brady would kind of wave off the play call and call his own play. Mac Jones either can't do that, isn't doing that, doesn't have the stones to do that, or He's doing it, and it's the wrong call. 617-779-0985,
4: the telephone number. Uh, let's sneak in uh, Bob in Framingham before we go to break. Bob, what's up? What up, Bob?
6: Hey, how you doing? Uh, happy holidays, guys. Hey, you Good too. To- happy uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones, but I think he just needs more confident people around him. And do you think that Josh McDaniels would try to entertain the try to get Mac Jones to go to the Raiders at all. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you.
1: Sure. If Josh comes and offers a first round pick for Mac Jones, I could see it a second round pick maybe, but yeah, that makes sense. I mean, did you see the long hug that they had after that Raiders game? Yeah. I could see Josh just whispering in. You think there's any shot whatsoever? The Patriots. I know that you said again
4: in 10 questions that you think Mac is going to be the starting quarterback for the Pats.
1: I think they're sniffing around quarterbacks. I think somebody is sniffing around quarterbacks. And whether that's somebody like Jordan Love or Derek Carr, or if they're going to make a play for Lamar Jackson, I think that somebody over at one Patriot Place is sniffing around quarterbacks.
4: Is that an informed? Uh, is that the phone blowing up there? Or is I that... tend to believe some things. Interesting. Interesting. All right, six one right. 617-779-0985. The telephone number. Jimmy's NBA tears when we get back.
0: Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the Greater Boston area. Air Back Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street, across from the Prudential Center, serving adult use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the Air, spelled A Y R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online.
2: Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated. In- with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana used during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1 800 222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number, MR283946, MR283886. Watertown Medical License Number, RMD325.